Welcome to another episode of Checking In. I am uh, so looking forward to an interview with Julie Hoffman, the uh, street smart diva, uh, real estate investment coach. Thank you very much for coming in, Julie. Thank you for having me. So I would really love to, in uh, in similar fashion that, that I normally do, I really want to dig in and find out uh, why you do what you do, how you got into it, and uh, I mean, how you think you're doing. So, can you give me a, a backstory? Are you so you're okay? So the front story is real estate investment coach. Correct. Were you like in grade ten? Did you want to be a real estate investment coach when you grew up? <laughs> no. Okay. No, I was on the path that most of us are on, which is. Get good grades in school so you can go to a good university, then get good grades in university so you can get a good job. And that was the path mm. I was on. I will say though, I was raised by a real estate investor. Okay. So I, I wondered under my skin. Sure. My dad is a very successful real estate investor. Okay. Um, and still, my mom and my dad said, go to school. <laughs> so I did. It was fantastic. I became a I have a bachelor's degree. I have a doctorate in physical therapy. Interesting. (laughs) Which enabled me to, when I met my husband in Mexico, who who was Canadian, and I grew up in Denver, Colorado, went to school in Nebraska. When I met him, it made it very easy for me to... Uh, because in NAFTA, your, your employment, you yeah. could get a job in Canada. That's right. I graduated from physical therapy school on my husband's 30th birthday. Okay. He totally got the shaft on his 30th birthday. <laughs> I gave him pants. Anyway, that's another story. And um, But I just had this uh, amazing educational background. I'm always grateful for it. When I got here, I uh, sprained my ankle once and... I, uh, I was treated with acupuncture from my boss, my physical therapist, physical therapist boss, and I, it worked so well. I went on to do to uh, learn acupuncture mm. at University of Alberta, <laughs> and then I got pregnant. And um, I, about six months along, my husband called me, and he had been working as a he had been owning a third-generation family business, a home hardware, in a small business in a small town called Thorsby in Alberta. And he'd gone to a seminar about real estate investing uh, for the Rain Group. The Rain Group is a huge organization, very influential in Canada. Anyway, he calls me on the way home. I'm six months pregnant, and he says, "We've got to buy houses. We've got to invest in real estate." And I said, "Okay." And I know it's because of my dad that you said okay. Exactly. So what year is this? 2001. And where are you guys? What We're province? Thors- You're, in Thors- Alberta. Alberta, You're in Alberta. You're in Alberta. Yeah, my husband's running the store, working 80 hours a week, Monday through Saturday, closed on Sundays, but not really because everybody knew where he lived, and no. his phone number, and his dad's phone number. And they needed that thing. They just needed that dog. And he'd go and get it. Yeah. And he always would. He's a wonderful man. Um, And the Hoffmans, like, helped settle that area. They they help people survive through the Great Depression. Like, it's a... Beautiful history. Yeah. So, this is a long story. I'll just keep telling it anyway. Yep. 
So he calls me and I say, okay. And again, it goes back to me being raised by a real estate investor because I know that a lot of spouses, one of them usually has a hesitancy to do okay. this. And I didn't because of my dad, yep. really. And at the same time, I'd gone to school forever. I have a lot of education. And I thought, okay, yeah, I'll figure that out how to do this because I know, Jeff, you don't have time. We'll buy some houses, and we did. We bought three. And I'm like, well, I'm going back to work, though. I went to school forever and ever, and um, that's that. And then my daughter was born uh, in February of 2002. She's 20 now. Mm. I took one look at her like every parent does. I fell madly in love. And I, I instantly, my first thought was, I love her. I never want to be away from her if I don't have to. I need to buy more houses. Mm. <laughs> that's going to help me do that. And so that's what we thats what we did. I took the full maternity leave uh, that Canada very generously offers. Mm-hmm. Um, bought more houses, had more babies. I now have five kids. And um, through that journey, um, we did extremely well from 2002 to 2006 or seven, six, and we had like 36 houses. And I decided I want to buy apartment buildings, and so we bought our first apartment building. It went really well, and I was introduced to something called condo conversion. And at the time, Alberta was skyrocketing. Um, real estate was doubling. Is is like what's happened in Kelowna in the last couple mm-hmm. of years. This being uh, 2022, and. Um, so we just looked like geniuses. We had these 36 houses and they had like a significant net worth. Did an apartment building then, introduced to condo conversion. It's where you buy a building and you sell it off in pieces for profit. And we did that very successfully five times, like making stupid money, like anywhere from 300000 to $700,000 in less than a month. It was say that again, just so people can really consume yeah, that. Five buildings, and I would buy them from Pam Gill. <laughs> That's who I bought them from, and then her brother, uh, Carm, mm-hmm. would sell all the condos, and we just had this great thing going. Mm-hmm. And we thought it would never end. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, we're smart. We should keep doing this. I bought five more buildings. We, I say I, and I mean me and my husband. Absolutely. Um, I bought five more going into the reset, going into the fall of 2007, which is when the recession started for, you know, land developers and condo converters. The real estate crash. We started to really crumble. We went from selling out in a month to a brick wall. No buyers. Lenders tightening up, values starting to plummet. It was crazy. So we fought for four years to hold on. Excuse me. Hold on. To hold on to this uh, portfolio. And and eventually made a really tough decision to surrender to bankruptcy and foreclosure. Now, we, we came up with a lot of very creative ways to stay alive as a company, and what took four years should have taken six months to, for us to die. 
uh, because it was... So you fought a good fight. Fought a good fight, learned a lot about financing, learned a lot about sales, learned a lot about people, um, and some really important strategies that I still use today. Okay. Now, uh, we decided to... uh, I got a job and one of my locations was here in Kelowna. Like I was a sales manager for a bunch of uh, locations. And um, one of them was here. I came up for a site visit. My husband, as I told you, worked 80 hours a week. He'd been doing this this whole time on top of our real estate portfolio falling apart and our business blowing up. Um, He was having a really bad day. I flew out here and he said, how is it? Because we'd come to Kelowna in our heyday, in our Cadillac, with our Malibu boat, <laughs> driving, you know, the wrong way down Lawrence, and police pulling us over. That's a true with our story. With license places. Yeah. Like, like everybody. Yeah. I think a lot of people on uh, Kelowna can identify. Absolutely. He's like, oh, can we move there? I'm like, yeah. I don't see why not. Um, we've lost everything in Alberta. Uh, yeah, we, we could. And so he said... Uh, all right, why not? And we came out like literally a month later, found a house that had been sitting in foreclosure, bank owned for two years in Rose Valley on the west side, mm-hmm. if you can imagine. Made an offer on it, even though we had no way to buy it, no business making an offer on it, and we found a way to buy it. Uh, okay, and this is still 2008? Now it's 2012. Or it's 2012. This time. Okay. That's okay. how much time okay. for everything to fall apart. Right. So, yeah. Our four-year fight. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah. So, um, that was, I mean, what an adventure, right? Uh, we bought our house out of foreclosure with um, a partner, a couple of partners. I basically just did a sales job and I went to a friend of mine that I worked with and I said um we've got this house Jeff and I can't qualify because of this this and this he's like yeah I know your story and I said well uh could you what do you think and he said oh yeah I'll buy it for you me and Dale these two guys they pulled their resources and they bought our house for we did a rent to own back from okay. the, a lease option, which is something that I, I specialize in. And okay. so I kept telling people about my journey and, the, and what we learned and, you know, starting over. I kept mm-hmm. talking about it and people started coming out of the woodwork that needed help. So this couple, so there's, I don't know, we, we started to rebuild. We built this multi-million dollar real estate investment portfolio, all without any of our own money, without having to qualify for financing. Because it's like the power of networking. The more, the more you talk, the more people know what's going on with you. So I had all these people coming out of the woodwork who needed help. And like we were able to help probably eight people avoid bankruptcy and foreclosure um, by just taking over their houses. Now, the coaching adventure started because I met Elisa, Lantage, Elisa Gates, she's Lisa Gates now, um, at Kelowna Women in Business, where mm-hmm, I met you. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And she's like, what is it that you do? And I help people that are in tricky situations. So she introduced to me to this amazing couple um, in Saskatchewan. 
and they had a house that they needed to sell. They were going their separate ways, and they were facing just some some big financial obstacles. So I said, oh, man, if your house was in Kelowna, I could help you, or Alberta, because I got lots of contacts in Edmonton. I got lots of my boots on the ground. I'm boots on the ground here. And they said, I said, oh, you know, if you were in Kelowna, I would I'd just take over, and you could go on your merry way. But I'm not, and I don't know anybody there well enough to trust with this process because it can be pretty tricky. And uh, I said, but how about you just pay me to coach you how to do it? So they hired me as a coach, and I taught them how to do a lease option. And they helped a young couple who couldn't qualify for financing buy their house, and then they could move on. And instead of them losing like $10,000 because of prepayment penalties and realtors, and I love realtors, I don't want to take any business away Correct. from realtors, but they were facing, again, some financial challenges. Instead of them losing $10,000, they came out ahead 15, and they helped a couple get into a house. And so there's two days in your life that are really important and that is the day you're born and then the day you discover why i forget who said that some really smart person and uh yeah that i was like yes i like to do this i like to help people that are in trouble or need help and then but then this happened with saskatchewan and i thought i could help other people do this you know i don't have to buy all the houses myself. I can teach people how to do this. So that's what I did and I created an online course and now I've built a fairly substantial library on how to find deals creatively and then how to put them together creatively and also how to do a straightforward investment purchase like 20% down qualifying for financing. I know how to do all of that as well. The typical um, traditional I, absolutely. is I'll, yeah. I'll help anybody through anything. Um, and it's, it's really a lot of fun. And, um, we like, we still do deals. Like we we're, we're in the midst of a couple of big projects over in Peachland right now. And, um, that's important. I mentioned that because I'm a coach and I'm also a player. Like I'm, I like it. I'm doing the stuff. I'm raising the money. I'm talking. To, I'm, you know, I'm putting financing together, and I'm also teaching people how to do it. So, you know, I think it's important to keep your finger on the pulse of things if you're going to advise people. Love the comment on the bought more houses, had more babies. Yeah. Love the learned experience yeah. because you you lived through the the good, the bad, and the ugly. Mm -hmm. You have uh, there's there, really truly. I mean, textbooks are great. We learn lots out of books, mm -hmm. but I'm telling you, when you learn it in real life, boy, do you learn it. Yeah. So so you had some highs, some very incredible highs. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. And some real challenging times. Yeah. And and there's so many ways that I could go with the the good and with the bad. So with the good, uh, I'm I'm interested set aside the love helping which is not oh, everybody yeah. has that so set that aside for a second so you have 
36 houses in 2006. You had incredible learning that came out of the 2008 crash that wasn't your doing. Like that was the market and the place. So now you've got wisdom of how not to experience those smacks again. Yeah. Would would it have been or was it a consideration to dust off your knee, fix the, put the band-aids on the scrapes and, and come back up and then, uh, version 2.0 back into real estate and, and get more doors and do more condo conversions and, and apartment buildings and just, just do that all again. Uh, yeah. In fact, we're kind of doing a version of that a bit. We're, we're taking land and we're subdividing it. So we're taking something and we're changing the paper of it, paper on it to make it more valuable. And that's what I did with apartment buildings is we bought them and then Pam Gill again, shout out to Pam Gill. She's I can't wait to she would go Google to Pam the city. Gill. Oh she, yeah, yeah. She's smart. Okay. Smart cookie. Um, she would go to the city and she had all the city contacts and she would turn a 20 unit building into 20 condos and um, she just did it for me and and it was great and so to answer your question I'd do it again it just has to be the right economic environment so I'm going to clear my throat again. you guys can get... Nicholas uh, can cut it out awesome hold on <clears throat> okay so <laughs> You have to understand at the time, it was it was like condo conversion utopia. Mm-hmm. I could buy a building for 55 a door. I could turn around and sell it for 95 a door. $95,000 condo yeah, yeah. unit in Edmonton, a $95,000 condo unit is easy to cash flow. Mm-hmm. I would 100% do that again. I like to be... I like to invest in my backyard mm-hmm. and that, and those opportunities, I haven't seen those opportunities here. It doesn't mean mm-hmm. that, that they're mm-hmm. not there. Mm-hmm. I would absolutely do that again. Mm-hmm. In fact, I've recommended people do that. So there, what I'm hearing mm-hmm. is that there's different plays in your sports playbook mm-hmm. dependent on the area, the region, the city, the province, the bylaws, the guidelines. The, there's so many variables mm-hmm. that will influence or dictate maybe the play. Absolutely. And the city mm-hmm. and the environment and um, the market. The market is so insane now. That um, even for a person, there are absolutely 100% deals out there. Yeah. You've got to be willing to do the work. You've got to be willing to dig. You've got to be willing to get rejected many, many, many times. And at the same time, you could find a deal and it could be your first deal and it could be a great deal. Mm -hmm. But if you're not out there looking and doing the work and like educating yourself on what's going on, values, cash flows, um, in case we have to hold on to it, which happened to us, we went from like not owning a building very long to owning five rough buildings over five years. We weren't ready for that. Mm -hmm. So you've really got to go into things um, prepared. And I don't know if that addresses your question, but it does. Well, the point is, yeah, 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 there are so many aspects to playing this game. 
So for sure, Julie, do you think, um, I mean, real estate investment practices, I mean, it's not new no. and there's, there's, um, probably, probably coaches that are, that are great and ethical and, 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 and so supportive to their students or their clients that are, that are using them as a, a real estate mentor. And like any other sector, I bet there's a whole handful that aren't great. Uh, yeah. so, so uh, true or false sort of in the hunger games, uh, vein or lane, true or false. Are there true barriers to entry into being a real estate investor or are there perceived barriers to entry? I would call them perceived. There's always a way. There's, there's always a way. It goes back to when I moved here, we put an offer on a house that I still live in. I'm finally getting a roof. <laughs> you should see my yard. Anyway, um, I had a, to put it in perspective, a four and a half million dollar bankruptcy on my credit report. I did not have any business putting an offer no. on a house no. and you put an offer on a house and you got the house, put an offer on the house. Somebody else got the house because Correct. my friends, they bought it for me. That said, it was still my house because I set it up in such a way that no, this is going to be my house. As long as I do everything I said, I'm going to do in this paperwork that in this rent to own agreement, in this yep. lease option, yep. rent own, whatever you want to call it. And they were like, good. And, and, Good because we're gonna we're gonna make a lot of money and they did and I did very well because so that's following the same principle yeah. of risk versus reward well so, yeah so the the I'm assuming or I should ask the question the the financial reward for this lovely friend yeah uh, or friends that did this for you I mean they didn't earn the going rate of the the mortgage. Amounts at the yep. time. Yeah. These guys made 20% on their money annually, secured against a real estate, secured against the house with two people in it that would fight to the death to keep it. Yeah. And also had five little babies, you know, to take care of. Like, it's, it, it's risky and it's also kind of a slam dunk. Mm -hmm. And my point is, the perceive the um, anybody looking at my situation would say that's a barrier. You having a that kind of a bankruptcy on your credit record. I had I had a credit rating of four twenty. Oh, Julie! I went to HSBC to open a bank account, and the banker lady was lovely. wouldn't open the bank account. She did. Okay, but I had to put cash in. Yeah, um, it had to be a secured bank account. Um, she was lovely about it. And she also did say, I've never seen a credit score this low. It's not funny, but it's, it's kind of funny. It's not funny. Um, that's how bad it was. So, uh, 
that to anybody, any normal person is a barrier, is a legitimate barrier of entry. Sure. To me, it was a perceived barrier of entry because I knew I was going to do whatever it took to make sure I could buy this house in the time, you know, that I was given. And we can't miss your earlier comment that what, what most or many people would have been six months to call the time of death, you held, held for four years. Yeah. That's a big, um, uh, testament to your, uh, grit, perseverance, um, dedication and just, just drive well, to, to see your way through it. And naivety. I, yeah. I didn't know any, I'd never done any through anything like this, obviously, you know, I was in my thirties, mm-hmm. 48 now. Mm-hmm. And, um, so what's my point there? Yes. We learned so much. I just thought if I fight hard enough and if I figure out enough ways to stay alive, it's going to be okay. And bankruptcy was a choice. I wasn't forced into anything. It was the toughest choice I ever made. Mm, 100%. Mm -hmm. Allowing properties that I'd worked so hard to keep alive go into foreclosure. I mean, it was just like throwing, to me, throwing baby out with throwing Mm. baby out with the bathwater. It was really tough. Yeah. Mm So your LinkedIn profile says you've now done, we're sitting at 2022, you've now done, uh, and I'm, I hope it's updated, over 300, 300 plus transactions. Yes. You've raised or helped to raise uh, over $50 million. We're now over $100 million. Yeah. Yeah. Got to update your LinkedIn. Oh, over a hundred million. Thanks, Nikki. Anytime. Uh, so, I mean, that's that's significant. Like that is that is a lot of. Uh, I met a, a very very wealthy, very wealthy uh, uh, media tycoon, and he referred to a million dollars as a duck. So, uh, you had a hundred ducks. Okay. You've transacted a hundred ducks. Hundred ducks. <laughs> Knowing the the market of Kelowna, and, and I think there's some interesting challenges, and again, I'm not in real estate, mm-hmm. so looking over the fence in real estate or the, the region of the community, I think I see uh, a maturing city. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're, we're increasing the number of sectors or industries that can... Whole, people can get jobs. We're not we're not um, just agriculture, just tourism anymore. Yep. So we're seeing a good uh, amount of options for jobs. But we have this, I think, or I'm hearing or understanding, we have this mm, um, limited, limited, limited amount of land. Uh, because of the valley and the region and how we're built. So I think we have some, some real, uh, capacity or, or, uh, challenges in the amount of opportunities that we can have in real estate. Is that fair? I can see, uh, where you're coming from with that thought. And, um, to me, it's one of the reasons I love this city so much in this region, because the city of Kelowna has taken that obstacle and they've just said, 
All right, now everybody can go up. Everybody can increase the density. They make the application process although very thorough and, and can be time consuming. If you have a good clean application and you've got your ducks in a row and you've got all of your reports that you need and you can demonstrate that it's a workable project, you can take a third of an acre and turn it into, mm. uh, you take an acre, you can turn it into 30 places to live mm-hmm. or 30 rental properties. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, certainly the city of Kelowna has been very innovative on how to uh, make do with what we have. And and I understand from the building community mm-hmm. that we, we are good or we have a really good turnaround time in our um, application and our mm-hmm. permitting and our... Uh, in our system yeah. compared to other municipalities and other regions where we've got some good efficiencies in our in our processes. It's excellent. Uh, it's my understanding, I don't have complete confirmation on this, but I, I was listening to Colin Bazrin mm-hmm. on a YouTube video and I think he mentioned that some folks from Boulder, Colorado mm-hmm. came out here and mm-hmm. could see kind of a vision of what's happened to Boulder and it's interesting because I grew up in mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, just outside Denver in a town called Lakewood and I spent a lot of time in Boulder and I can I think it's very interesting um, how you know uh, how the leadership of the city mm-hmm. has, was able to embrace that vision it's hard to see when we moved here in 2012 it was a ghost town mm-hmm. like really mm-hmm. um, busy summer and then dead in the winter, like you just said. Now we have so much diversity, a lot of very high paying jobs, a booming construction industry, a booming tech industry. Everybody can work from home, which totally got actually enhanced and amplified Mm -hmm. because of COVID. It was kind of a benefit. You can say, if you can bring something positive out of that whole two years, is people discovered I can live anywhere and mm-hmm. still do a great job. And where do you want to live? You want to live in, in this valley, in this region. Yeah. 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 So I, I think there's... Um, did that and again, it did. did it, it did. It did. Uh, I think there's huge supply... Um, uh, inventory challenges, whether yeah. you're looking at it through rental, whether you're looking at it through owning, mm-hmm. and then also the type of uh, home or uh, rental that's coming onto the market. So again, mm-hmm. um, uh, I think there's benefit to having as many players and people coming into this space because we're not going to have enough inventory to meet the demand. It's definitely um, an issue. And I was just reading, you, you, Kelowna now just put out an article mm-hmm. that, yeah, prices are still going up in single family homes. They were up month over month. Mm-hmm. Um, townhomes went down slightly price-wise. Um, condos remain the same. And people still want to live here, even though it's pretty tricky to find a place to live. Yes. That said, there are still ways to find a place. You just have to be creative. Um, I'll give you an example. I was making phone calls. 
I'm like you. We, we, we pick up the phone when we want to get things done. <laughs> we do. I run and own the Okanagan Real Estate Investment Group. We meet every month, and I make invite phone calls every single month for people to come out. I was talking to, I was just making a phone call to invite this lovely lady out to our event. And while we were on the phone, she said, oh, are you buying? I said, well, I'm always looking. And she said, well, we've got an acre um, in Vernon and we think we can put a whole bunch of units on it and um, we'd sure love to do something with it. And it was an invite phone call. It wasn't, you know, it wasn't uh, any kind of marketing or anything, I guess it was, but that invite phone call turned into a potential opportunity. But how many times can you and I tell those stories? I often say, I often say to Alexa, I say, oh, Alexa, I, and again, barring pandemic, I'm, I'm speaking pre-pandemic. Sure. Oh, I don't want to go to this networking event. I promised I'd go at noon or I promised I'd go speak at the da-da-da this evening. And I, oh, I just have so much on my desk. I don't want to go. Every time I say that, I go and you cannot write the script. You cannot write the storyboard. You bump into someone grabbing the same piece of cauliflower mm -hmm. and all of a sudden there's an opportunity there that, that presents itself. So I really firmly believe in, and I know it sounds traditional and old school, the telephone. Like when I say phone someone, I don't mean text them. When I say phone someone, I don't mean email them. I mean actually phone. So be present and, and be open to sort of the the universe bringing you things I think there's I can tell you story after story where that's happened same mm -hmm. uh, your your phone app is your most valuable app that you will ever own mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and even better face to face mm -hmm those relationships. Yeah. So by, okay. Uh, a few more questions. I think, sure. uh, by your definition, are you successful? Yes. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I have plenty of challenges going on in my world. Definitely have. Um, we all do. I actually gauge the, the level of my success, mm -hmm. not just financially, which we have some really good things going on. Mostly by um, the freedom that it's given me to have, I have fantastic relationships with each of my kids mm. and they are good people. You grow good kids. I, that's probably the thing I'm best at. Mm. And you, you can't put a price tag on that. And I know for sh I know for sure being an entrepreneur and being a real estate investment coach and um, real estate, you know, being able to do transact real estate, it's life-changing money. It really is for most people. Hmm. Um, time, uh, money buys time. And hmm. it, uh, and freedom. There's this really cool story that I love to go back to because, again, I'm a trained physio. So my husband and I are in the midst of all this, um, you know, the blowing up of the business and everything. And we were sitting in our little house, a little blue house in Beaumont, Alberta, before we, uh, before we decided to declare bankruptcy. And I remember him saying to me, do you think maybe you should just 
become a physio again? Should you become a physio? I know the pay is really great. It might be a good idea. And I remember kind of nodding my head. And I'm like, well, just let me make a phone call real quick. <laughs> we talked to Darren, Darren Weeks. He is a, he, he owned this company called the Fast Track Group. And he and I had been connected for decades. And I called him and I said, do I get a job? Well, he'd mm-hmm. asked me several mm-hmm. times mm-hmm. to come work for him, but mm-hmm. I was always been on I, yep. my own thing. I don't, I don't want a job. I called him and um, it was a big, it was a sales pitch. I called him and we went and we had coffee face to face. And um, he's like, absolutely, I want to hire you. And I'm like, well, wait, let me let me tell you everything that's happening and blah 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 blah. And let's talk budget and let's talk this and let's talk let's manage you know all the expectations. expectations. Mm-hmm. And um, I you know I sold him, <laughs> I sold him basically. And my point is the choice between going back to a job where I had to answer to like a boss and being in a sales and entrepreneurial and business situation. But despite my education, my formal education, mm-hmm. the sales job was what I, I wanted. I knew I wanted to be stay in the mm-hmm. entrepreneurial mm-hmm. In game. that space. I get that question tons. I bring it up because I get it so many, so many times. Should I quit my job? Mm-hmm. It's like, well, if you do, then get a sales job. It gives you a base salary Mm -hmm. so you can at least learn a skill Mm -hmm. that's going to help you. Preaching to the choir. Yeah. I I love sales. And and I say we we are in sales every minute of every day. Yeah. What more do you need? What more? Like, are you... uh, I often... So the question's a little bit loaded, is I, I believe that if we had more money, we could do greater things. If we had more time, we could do greater things. Is there, like if we if we look um, in the crystal ball and see what you have that's going to be realized in the next five or ten years, what, what's, your, what's your gap? What are you missing? What do you need more of? I'd like to have a, a bigger financial base. Mm-hmm. I want to be able to visit my kids at university anytime I want. Mm-hmm. Um, I want all my, I have an online library. I want to build it so that it's very automated, automated, um, high quality income stream mm-hmm. and high quality information for the people. That and that's help. on the coaching side. It's on the coaching yep. side. Yeah. Um, I want more freedom because I know that Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. with time, it's going to mean, again, my kids are going to fly. I already have a son in Denver, Colorado, living with Mm. my dad. Yeah. And my daughter's about to move out. And and then the next one Mm -hmm. is a championship volleyball player, Mm -hmm. as you know, and she's probably going to get a scholarship at some fancy school far away. And I just, I want to make sure that... I have increased amounts of choices. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. Julie, thank you so much for coming in. Thank you for sharing your story. Uh, you were you were so uh, transparent and shared everything that, that lots of people would keep guarded. Mm-hmm. And, and it wasn't lost on me, and I really appreciate it. Thank you very much. It's my pleasure. Thank you for having me. You are the best. <laughs> I just love you. I do. I love you. And to you. Thank you, Julie.